I think One Nation's been the only consistent political party for the last 20 years. They're not talking about you. Alright, well let me tell you, One Nation is talking about you. It's like the media's run away from One Nation. They're too scared to ask us any questions, mainly because we're straight talkers and we've got the answers. This is like a call to arms. You guys need to start making the real decisions and who you're going to vote for. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of the Ex-Candidates Podcast. As always, I'm joined by Adam Zara. How are you going tonight, Adam? Very good, Stephen. How are you going? Good. And welcome back to Rebecca Thompson. She was uh, you know, ill last week. You're the glue that holds us together, Rebecca. We we're a bit lost without you. Oh, I'm back now. I'm much better. So that's good. <laughs> hey, good hi everyone. Hi. Uh, and uh, on tonight's episode, we have uh, we have um, Judith Hunter, who has a, a unique story. We're going to give her a platform to tell her story. Uh, this is one of the main things why we set up this podcast to give people a platform to uh, speak their mind and get their message out. So I don't want to uh, steal too much of her, her thunder. Her um, she had a daughter that um, went through some pretty pretty uh, you know, troubling sort of experiences with, uh, with uh, gender and, uh, and receiving some treatments that uh, uh, Jude wasn't uh, even aware of. So welcome to the show, Judith. Uh, can you Thank tell you. us a little bit about uh, yourself and a bit of a, a, bit of a background um, with your story and your daughter? Well, I, I've got... My daughter, who is now 21, I have a son who's 17. I had my children quite late in life, and I have three stepsons who are all well into their 30s. And when my daughter was 15, she started experiencing mental health problems. And, yeah, to be thrown into the mental health system in Australia, it was a, a pretty shocking experience really we started off through the public system the private then we went private and that went on for three years of, of 15 16 17 she had very poor mental health and then quite unexpectedly out of the blue about a month before she turned 18 she told us that she was really a male she was a boy and she had all announced it all over social media and had told and then told us that everyone knew at school and had known for months and all the teachers were supportive of her and i found that really upsetting because because of her mental health we had clearly been in touch with the school for a long long time over that issue because she had extended absences from school and so i'd had constant contact with the school so to have not been involved in that occurrence at school and had been kept in the dark by the school staff was pretty shocking but then she ended up in our local hospital telling us that she was suicidal because we immediately didn't sort of agree with it we thought mm, it just didn't ring all true it wasn't wasn't there was something not right about it all and I knew there was two other girls in her drama class, so she went to a drama group who were also saying the same thing. 
So that immediately raised red flags to me that suddenly you've got three young girls. I mean, I, I, I virtually never heard of transgender before. I, I mean, we've all heard of it, but, to, you know, just suddenly think it was always something really with men. It was mainly males, you know, historically mm -hmm. who were transsexual. And and so I thought, yeah, this is all very odd, Um I'm going to start researching and, and I've spent over three and a half years now researching, you know, thousands of hours of my time have been spent yeah. reading and researching. And I very, very quickly learned that this is a social contagion spread by the internet, a, a teenage, a teenage adolescent fad. It's it's quite extraordinary the time that we're living in, what is happening and that has, it has been pushed through the internet, social media, mass media, this gender, the whole, the whole concept of this, that people have got a gender identity and that they can actually, and gender has been confused with the word sex and, you know, to me sex means you're a male or a female. Gender to me is also a almost a replacement for personality, what your personality is. I mean, we all have personalities and express ourselves in a range of ways, whether they're masculine or feminine. And and so I, I really thought, no, this is something that's very, very um, concerning. But the staff in the hospital when she was admitted to the Adolescent Mental Health Ward Oh, my husband was with her overnight for the admission and when I went in the next morning there was a male name above her bed and I was told that I had a son, not a daughter. And yeah. I was just astounded. I, I, I said, what are you talking about? I was told by the hospital staff that I was transphobic, that I was a bigot, that I was a horrible person, that I was an unsupportive parent. Mind you, I had taken my daughter who over 70 medical appointments in the previous three years for her mental health. So, you know, that's telling you what an unsupported parent I was. So I the nurses, sorry, Jude, so the nurses and the, the medical staff at the um, at the mental health facility was, was, was uh, or, or hospital was saying that um, you were unsupportive and yeah. you were transphobic yeah. because you yeah. took your daughter... You took your, you checked your daughter because in. Because I wouldn't immediately agree that she was a boy. Yeah, wow. That is, yeah. um, you know, that's, it doesn't seem very supportive um, of the family um, unit there. No, and, it, no it, it was horrendous. I, I, she was admitted over the Thursday night. I went in on the Friday. I was treated so appallingly. I, I went home in a state of absolute shock i i went home my our son was oh gosh he's four and a half years younger so he was like 13 12 13 at the time he'd actually become anorexic with the stress of of her behavior and so i was dealing with him with with her and I got home and I was just in this absolute state of shock and I'd only just left and then they rang me and said, oh, can you come back and fill in some forms? I said, I was there an hour ago. I said, no, I'm not coming back till tomorrow morning. I was in such a state of shock. 
So I went back the next morning and, and they, they had told me the day before, if, you know, if you don't agree that she's a boy, she'll kill herself. She'll, she'll kill herself. Wouldn't you rather have a live son than a dead daughter? Um, this stuff being put on parents who was, have spent three years trying to help their child through mental health problems, I remember just sitting in that hospital on the Saturday morning filling in these forms, sobbing and sobbing and sobbing. And then they said to me, oh, well, it's Saturday. Um, you can take her home on day release. And so, so I thought... They Sorry, weren't really concerned about her going to kill herself if they sent her home with me on day release. So basically they were willing to, you know, allow you to admit her for being, you know, um, mentally unstable, but then in the same instance they're happy to accept her making a decision then and there um, in a mental health facility to state that she's no longer a female. Mm. Yep, yep. Yep. And, so and, I, took her, I took her with me that day on day release. So I felt they were just pushing her out the door. She spent the whole day telling me she was going to kill herself, which I I thought was just her regard. I quickly had learned that these young people learn a script on the internet. They learn a script to blackmail their parents, to bully their parents into going along with this. And so by then I'd done enough research and enough to find out that this was this was just something unbelievable, it, absolutely unbelievable. Anyway, I dropped yep. about that afternoon and said, because I said, you can take her out again tomorrow too. I said, no, I'm not taking her out again tomorrow. She spent the whole day telling me she's going to kill herself. Well, then I sort of had a bit of a, a meltdown and a breakdown myself with the shock of it all and we were meant to go in for a family meeting on the Monday I, I couldn't get out of bed I was in I, I was in I perhaps you'd call it PTSD whatever I, I just had a total meltdown so my husband went along with one of my stepsons who was by that he was in his 30s and he went to this meeting with my husband and they just bullied them. One of the staff actually said, I guess, so what, when when you were little, they were talking to our daughter, when you were little, I guess your parents dressed you like a girl. Well, uh, Jude, and had your daughter ever mentioned anything prior to this situation about maybe being confused about her gender? And, and, no, um, never, nothing, never. Never, never. never. Never, completely out of the blue, except I knew. I knew there were these two other girls at the drama group doing exactly the same thing. So they told us they wanted her to be referred to the paediatric endocrinologist at that hospital to start male hormones. She was 17. Just, um, just like that? No, no further analysis? No. She was admitted on the Thursday night. She spent the whole day Friday sleeping because she'd had no sleep overnight the Thursday night because of the admission. She was sent home on the Saturday. There was no staff there on the Sunday. The Monday morning was the meeting that I couldn't get out of bed to attend and the Tuesday they sent her home. So there was no opportunity to have any psychiatric analysis of her whatsoever, yet they immediately just said, she needs testosterone, we're referring her to the paediatric endocrinologist. And, and I said, 
No, no, we're not doing that. We don't agree with that. We are very concerned about this situation and we are going back to our GP and back to our private psychiatrist because we don't agree with that. And how did they... And what did they say? What did they say when you um, came back with that? What they did, they went ahead with that referral because four weeks later she turned eighteen. They made an appointment with the endocrinologist for her against our wishes, and they wrote up her discharge summary from the hospital because I did not find this out till about six months later when I got my hands on a copy of the discharge summary and the discharge summary said that her parents agreed to the referral. Agreed to the referral. Say that again, sorry. Yes, so they falsified her discharge summary saying that we agreed for her to be referred to the paediatric endocrinologist when we didn't agree. We were so vocally against it and they falsified the discharge summary and said she that we agreed and we didn't so and she, was under, she was under 18 at this time she was 17. she was 17. so she was a minor was, yep that was october she turned 18 in the november and the appointment was in the december so by the time she attended the appointment in the december she was 18. so we couldn't stop it then but the fact that they falsified the record so she went to an appointment in the December without our knowledge. We didn't know she was going to it. I had a phone call because she was actually back in a mental health hospital at the time and she discharged herself from the mental health hospital, went to the appointment in the December. Then they had a second appointment in March of the following year and it was at that appointment in the March and I found all this out much later. It was at the second appointment that they prescribed a testosterone. Two appointments. How much? One hour appointment, she'd been there. The next appointment, they wrote a script for the testosterone in the March. By then, she had moved out of home, dropped out of school, moved out of home, didn't finish school. And then in the May of that year, she asked me to attend an appointment back to this endocrinologist who prescribed the hormone. She wasn't living at home, but I went with her. And I took my sister, who's a medical practitioner, to the appointment. And I, I, I was a mess. I was an absolute yeah. mess this time. I, I was really struggling. And, you know, my daughter had left home in such unpleasant circumstances and I suspected she had started hormones. And I went to that appointment with her. I hadn't seen her for nearly two months, but I was really suspicious because her voice had gone all... Her voice had changed. Her appearance was changing. You know, it was so dramatic, the changes that were happening. And I said, and my sister was there as witness, and I said, our daughter has been so mentally ill. We're so concerned. We've made an appointment at the only psychiatrist in our hometown who deals with these issues, but it took us like nine months to get into him, so we're still waiting for that appointment and we don't agree, you know, that our, our daughter should be going on hormones because we're so concerned about her mental health. And that paediatric endocrinologist sat there and said to me, don't you just want your daughter to be happy? Oh, my goodness. Um, 
Wow, it's that's and the thing is too, like with um gender dysmorphia, it's kind of like against I don't know. It's kind of like it's to try and it's kind of like against what the um, ide ideal of female and male. You know, it's just to try and fit you into a stereotype. Anyway, it's so it's this is a fad that's happened. I mean, you look back. I'm fifty nine. Look back in the sixties, the seventies, the eighties. Where were all the teenagers saying they were going to kill themselves if they didn't get puberty blockers and hormones? Yeah. Where were they? They weren't there in the 60s. They weren't there in the 70s. They weren't there in the 80s or the 90s. Or the, you, this has become a teenage, it's been spread by the internet and mass media and young people with every generation has had a fad, whether it's been the hippies or the goths or the punks or the rockers or the mods, every generation has had a fad that is, you know, the finger to society and, and we're, we're going to rebel and we're going to be the different ones. and But this is a fad that's being encouraged by the medical profession. And these are young people who are struggling. We have a mental health crisis in the Western world with adolescents that is unprecedented. The, the mental health crisis that is going through young people and what has brought on this mental health crisis the, the introduction of the internet and social media and the sort of things that young people are being introduced to far too young. They're not emotionally mature enough to have these adult concepts introduced to them and the constant pressures of the internet and these unrealistic expectations of male and female that are being put on young people are just bizarre. I mean, we, you look back and think of the 70s and the 80s. We had the likes of, you know, David Bowie and Boy George and Prince and Annie Lennox and all the gender-bending people, but they weren't told they were... They weren't being made to say they were actually the opposite sex. Or no, and they, they weren't... Sorry, and they weren't given chemicals that actually alter exactly. their body. They that, weren't that, being told to take drugs that would irreversibly harm them. That's right, irreversibly harm them. Um, Jude, just quickly, your daughter is okay though, right, now? She lived out of home for three years. She took the testosterone for at least a year and a half. She had completely cut us off last year no contact and then she turned 21 late last year and she reached out and then she came home in the first week of January this year we got a phone call she'd admitted herself to a mental health hospital because she was suicidal because she re she regretted she regretted what the testosterone had done to her it's and just, uh, so the testosterone yeah very, very quickly makes irreversible changes to a female body. Um, initially, the first thing is a deep voice. Very quickly, they their hair, their hair, male pattern baldness, receding hairline, significant changes to body shape, the distribution of fat in the body changes extremely quickly. Um, 
the uterus atrophies and dries up very quickly. A lot of these young women who've done this are forced to have hysterectomies because of the atrophy of the uterus. Um, there's, oh, there's other things I won't even mention, but the changes are so significant. We fought tooth and nail to stop her having her breast cut off. Um, we have organisations here in Australia like TransHub and ACON that are actively encouraging these young girls to go and have double mastectomies, telling them that a double mastectomy is nothing like a double mastectomy for cancer. Which no, they call just, it chest surgery now. Chest surgery isn't anything like having a, a double mastectomy for cancer. I mean, the lies being told to these young people, go and get your breasts cut off. That'll solve all your problems. Go and go fund me and you don't need your unsupporting parents. We'll support you. We'll support your recovery from the surgery. Go, go and get your breasts cut off. We sent threatening letters to the surgeon we knew was going to do the surgery. We sent threatening letters to the private hospital where he operated, we actually managed to stop the surgery happening. So at least now she's not regretting an unnecessary double mastectomy. Well, that, that is a small victory for you guys. That was, so, that was wow. something for her future that I, you know, I'm grateful for securing that for her. However, the effects of the testosterone are very, very significant. Um, she really does regret what she did, but no one, no one. And she, she said to me, why did people allow me to do this when I was so mentally ill? Why, why did they let me do this? And so many of these young people doing this are on the autism spectrum. She's since been diagnosed as being on the autism spectrum, Young people on the autism spectrum feel as adolescents, as teenagers, they don't fit in. They don't relate to the mainstream peer group. And so they now they go searching on, whereas before they just had to muddle along. But now they find the internet with all the misinformation that's telling them that that means they're transgender. That means you go and say this to your parents. If your parents don't agree, they're terrible people. You can wipe them out of your life. You can turn to this trans community who will support you. you. You can go and have these hormones and surgeries that will fix everything. It fixes nothing and it causes a, mirror, uh, it causes a lifetime of serious problems for these young people. And... The number of young people starting to speak out is its terrifying because I, I spend so much time, you know, I'm in parent support groups from all over the world talking to parents who have gone through what we've gone through, who have seen their children sucked into this ideology like what happened to our family. And it's horrible. The next 10 15 years are going to be really, really scary seeing the tsunami of young people who have been harmed by the medical profession, who have jumped on an ideology and 
I mean, it's a very, it's money making. The pharmaceutical companies are making extraordinary amounts of money from these drugs. The surgeons are making extraordinary amounts of money from these surgeries. And the the people who are suffering are, are our children and young adult children. And it's it's beyond horrific what is going on. It really is. And I went back to what has now become a gender clinic in our hometown. And when our daughter came home suicidal earlier this year, we I rang them and I said, this is what's happening to our family. This is what's happening to our daughter who you prescribed hormones to a couple of years ago. And, oh, I'll get someone to ring you back. Well, no one rang me back. So I rang again and no one rang me back. So my husband and I went and knocked on their door at the yeah. clinic. And we want to speak to the manager. We want to tell you what's happening to our family. And they came out and my husband and I stood on that veranda for half an hour telling them what we were coping with with our family. Our daughter didn't get out of bed for almost three months. Did they offer you any sort of, after hearing your story, and did they offer you any sort of like um, support? Like did they offer to bring oh, her in? Well, we, or, can't, we, can't like talk we can't talk to you because your daughter's over 18. We can't talk to you. We'll offer you support. So the support they offered her, they made an appointment for her to speak to the endocrinologist. Well, she told me that the endocrinologist didn't speak to her. Her questions about everything that happened to her and was it reversible and what could be done to reverse it, her questions were relayed through a third party to the endocrinologist. So she didn't even get to speak to the endocrinologist. So I made an appointment for her to speak to a Sydney endocrinologist that gave her some answers. She was referred to a speech therapist there who I do believe she has seen talking about what you can do to try and bring your voice back. But actually, I don't think you can do anything to bring your voice back. And they've made an appointment for her to see a dietitian because she put on 20 kilos when she started testosterone. Um, but then she turned up for the dietitian's appointment a week ago and was told it wasn't on. So the appoint the help has been scant, pathetic, you know, but they won't talk to us about the, the supposed help because we're not allowed to be involved. But I, you know, I get from her what is happening. But when we did turn up on that veranda and said how terrible things were, we were told that they weren't an emergency service. We're, we're not an emergency service. And, you, you, you know, in the last three and a half years, I have written so many letters. I have written, I, I wrote to the previous Federal Health Minister, Greg Hunt, many, many times. I wrote to Brad Hazard many, many times. I wrote to the AMA, the Australian Medical Association. I made several complaints to the Healthcare Complaints Commission about what happened to her. Uh, my complaints were dismissed. And the complaint I made about the falsification of her discharge summary where they said we agreed and we didn't agree, um, the result of that complaint was that they said there was an apparent agreement. And my husband oh, rang them and said, how can you say there was an apparent agreement when we didn't agree? And the woman he spoke to said, this case is closed. 
and hung up on my husband. Well, I think you can take that. I think you can take that further. I mean, it's I not. Getting, I, it went, I went to the ombudsman. I went to the ombudsman. I said, I want the record changed. I want the record put straight that we didn't agree. And the ombudsman said, this isn't my jurisdiction. Well, wow, because I've been through some. Brick I've been wall, through medical. Yeah, I've been through medical records in, um, like, um, when I actually had to go through a, a family law court, and I went through, through I went through um, subpoenaed medical records, and they take minutes. So um, if you were like um, quite, you know, verbal and quite like angry, which you were saying, you know, polite but angry, like saying, "Well, no, I don't agree with this. I don't want this to happen," they would normally make clinical notes on that. And they didn't make any clinical notes regarding – because now you've seen all the reports. Have you seen the medical records as well from the hospital? Yep. I so it's like it. a blatant lie, like they've just outright yep. lied. Yep. Lied, lied, a lie, a lie. And when you live what I've lived through for the last three and a half years, you get to points where you just – you can't write another letter, you can't do any more, you're exhausted, you're emotionally drained, You, I run a business – We've got 40 employees in our business. I have my elderly parents. I mean, my mother just died. My father, you know, I've had, dealt with the whole packing up of my parents' house in the last three few years. We had our son who was struggling because of all this. My parents-in-law have both died in this period of time as well. We have just been through so much. And, you know, I wrote to Brad Hazard, in May of this year and said, this is what has happened to my family. Can we meet with you? No, no, dismiss me again. Just no, didn't want to know. Referred me back to the hospital that lied about us and re kept reciting the Australian guidelines for transgender health care that have come out of the Royal Children's Hospital in Victoria, which we know is the big trans hub run by Dr. Michelle Telfer, who is happily transing children one after the other. And, oh, these are, these are the guidelines. Well, why keep referring me to guidelines that you're purport saying that this hospital used but they harm my daughter. These guidelines harm my daughter. So why do you keep referring me and saying that this is all what it's all about? So I have just contacted the new federal health minister this week. I've written to him. I'm waiting for an answer from him, from Mark Butler. And what, you know, with the announcement of what's happened in the UK with the closure of the Tavistock, with Sweden, with Finland, apparently Belgium's now just announced that they're calling for caution. Um, what's happening in Florida, in the UK. So all these places are saying, whoa, what are we doing to these young people? And we've got our health ministers in Tasmania, in Queensland, in Victoria, sticking their fingers in their ears and going, la, 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 la. We don't want to hear any of that. We're, we're helping young people. And no, you're not helping young people by giving them irreversible hormones and irreversible surgeries. Have you had any help along the way? Has anyone kind of that you've reached out to been any benefit to you at all that's tried to help you along the way? I have con connected with parents from around the world and that's been 
really, really helpful. I've got to know some um, other mums in Australia and we get in touch with each other and just for emotional support. I mean, you need emotional support going through this sort of thing and the stories of those other families that I know in Australia are, are as horrible as our story. They're shocking stories. And But there's an international organisation that's come out of Ireland called Genspect and Genspect is an organisation that has, is like being a voice for parents like us who want to speak out and want to raise awareness of the harms that are happening to our children. And so the formation of Genspec, but it's an international organisation. Um, I, you know, and I've, I've been part, I'm part of it, but I just am, I find it so frustrating because I feel while you can see these positive changes happening in UK, Sweden, Finland, we really, you know, just seem to be stuck in this rut here in Australia that people don't want to acknowledge the reality of the harm that's happening to our kids. I mean, our, our own local newspaper today had the most vile article written by a journalist who clearly knows nothing, and it's at I mean, I guess in one way he's raised the subject, which has never been raised before properly in our local papers, but it's all a very ignorant take of it and making out that shouldn't, there's no gender binary and, you know, shouldn't people be allowed to do what they want to do? But it's clearly a reporter who has no idea of the harms and of the young people who are speaking out globally about the terrible, terrible harms. There's a, a young man in the UK in England who's actually just started legal action against the NHS in England for pushing him down the path to, you know, cut off his penis and, and take female male hormones when he was clearly mentally ill and wasn't in a in a position and to think that our health providers are just blindly encouraging people to do these really, really invasive, life-changing, irreversible surgeries is it's, it's just, it blows my mind. It really blows my mind. Do you just like just like what we've all seen, like especially over the past couple of years, it's just like it's like take a tablet and and get it and 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 or take take a take a tablet and you'll be better. And that, I think that's the problem. I don't think that they've actually, um, you know, um, I did knowing that you were coming on and just you know looking into the 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 transgender topic just a little bit more, especially now that um, Tavistock has been closed down by the High Court of um, England. Um, that you know that Kira Bell, she did, she like she started the, um, she started. Well, she was given drugs at the age of sixteen, very similar to your daughter, um, and to pause her development as well. And then same thing now. I think she's about twenty three now from memory, and um, she's regretted every minute of it. Um, so she, her, she questions the fact that if she'll ever be able to have a child again. Mm. She also didn't have, they were pushing her to get her, uh, 
I think she did get her breast removed, actually. She did, yes. She yes, did. that's right. So she did get her breast removed, and she goes, so she knows that she'll never, ever be able to breastfeed. Yep. Um, and, you know, and that's just, a, that's just the start of it, let alone, and she was never warned of any of the, you know, other side effects that were given from there. So it seems like there's this global pattern. And unfortunately, with you, what you were saying about how we know you said that, you know, Great Britain's closing them down. Um, Sweden, you said they're reversing their um, their uh, policies on it all. Um, it just seems to me that Australia is starting to be really slow in response. We're instead of learning from and let us mm. instead of learning from other people's mistakes. And I, like, yep. well, I'm just a Campbelltown boy. And what happens is we we I was taught by my parents to learn by other people's mistakes before you make them. Yep. So it really seems uh, it doesn't make sense as a government, as a, as a country, not to learn from other countries that are going, that, that are having, that are just a, a touch ahead of us. So, mm -hmm. you, know, you know, Great Britain is now probably, you know, six months ahead of us at least in rolling back all their transgender clinics and their advice and stuff like that. I mean, what in, in Victoria, have they, they've got the mature student law where they can, uh, legislation where a six-year-old can go to school as a boy and then decide that um like leave home as a boy be a girl at school and inform and instruct the teachers not to tell the parents about any of that is, 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 are you aware of um those those rules in victoria at the moment and what sort of what sort of um professionals at the school have the knowledge to make that decision that's such an important thing because once you start sending a child down that pathway of affirmation, that's such a significant step. And those teachers, those people at school, they're not psychologists, they're not psychiatrists. They don't have the knowledge to, to know whether that's the right thing to do or not for that child. And how dare they usurp the authority of the parents it's like the state is stepping in and, and taking authority off parents to make decisions for the welfare of their children. It's astounding. Well, I know one of my local high schools out where I live, they are doing um, gender fluidity classes um, for their students. One of my friend's daughter um, came home and had, um, had she'd found a, a letter about it in her school bag. Um, basically, her daughter's 14, so... Prior to discovering that, they were going through a process of her her daughter being confused about her gender, had had raised the possibility of having chest surgery, all these kind of things. And then my friends come across this letter about these classes and it's, you know, put two and two together. Fast, mm. forward, four, fast forward four months later, she's as girly as can be and it was all a phase. Yep, yep. So exactly. they're in the education system now and that's the problem that, that it can go, that the parents will never be any any wiser because it's all done during school hours. Yeah, and, and look at it. This wasn't an issue in, in my lifetime, in the 60s, the 70s, the 80s, the 90s. This was not an issue with young people. Why is it an issue now? Because this stuff has infiltrated schools. The whole gender nonsense is being put in children's head. It's confusing children who don't need to be confused. They don't. Why are adults want to put these concepts into children's brains? I mean, there's not one human being on this earth 
whoever has or ever will change sex. It's as simple as that because it's impossible. Jude, uh, when I spoke to you through the week, you mentioned something about your son doing an assignment at, at school. Uh, can you just touch on that and tell us about that? That was in the first COVID lockdown. So he was in year nine at that point of time and he was being, you know, ha having to do his schoolwork at home as, as the schools were closed. And he came, and because of what we've been through, he came to me, oh, mum, look at this assignment. It was about a nine, ten-page assignment all about gender ideology, gender, the gender-bred person was there, the hot picture of the gender-bred person, what is transgender, what is pansexual. It was absolutely atrocious. And I knew that that stuff is not meant to be taught in New South Wales schools. So I got in touch with the journalist that had been reporting on all this transgender stuff in the Australian and he was the one who put me on to Mark Latham and and Mark raised it in Parliament that you know the this was not meant to be taught in schools I I contacted the school myself I said you I told them what our family has been through I said this is absolutely harmful our daughter has been harmed by this stuff I don't want my son exposed to this stuff it's it's upsetting for him to even see this stuff at school he comes to school to get away from this stuff not to have this stuff put in his face oh I got an apology oh we thought this because my son is at uh, an academically selective New South Wales Public School and oh we thought the students here had been mature enough to deal with this and um I said well you don't know the history of any of your students um psychology or whether they're maybe they're on the autism spectrum the sort of kids who do seem to get pulled into this and so I said you're making a, a judgment that you can't even you know hold up and and so but also that you're not meant to be teaching it and and so there was that one, there was, um, oh, they started, they just started a, a GSA club, a Gender Sexuality Alliance club at lunchtime. Everyone invited to attend. And without even asking parents, were they okay for their children to attend these? We're going to have um, some gay trivia or some sort of, you know, trans gay trivia at lunchtime and and everyone from year seven to year 12 so you're looking at a cohort of 11 year olds to 18 year olds all being in the same place that shouldn't happen I mean 11 year olds and 18 year olds are vastly different and they shouldn't be assuming that anyone is one you know these young people aren't mature enough to deal with these concepts and also that not even seeking parental permission to attend those sort of things so it's it's terrible what some teachers at schools are pushing onto students pushing their own ideological agenda onto students when they're actually not meant to be pushing those things onto kids certainly it was removed from schools in new south wales some time ago and and was you know not meant to be part of the curriculum but some teachers are trying to sneak it into the curriculum because they think they're you know woke and in in with the times but they don't realize the damage they're causing to young people and 
there are several kids in my son's school who are saying they're the opposite sex. And, I mean, he just rolls his eyes because he knows what we've been through and, you know, that, no, that girl isn't actually a boy and that boy's not actually a girl and who cares what the boy or the girl wears or it's not a big deal. We should be teach them to wear what they want when they want, who cares, but it doesn't have anything to do with their sex. Jude, it's, it's, it, look, it seems like, you know, the schools, I mean, my kids go to school and I, they won't even give my kids a Panadol for a headache without sending them home or yep. without calling us. Actually, I think what happens, I think our school at the moment is we can actually, they can, they call us, we can take Panadol, give the child Panadol, wait a bit, let it, let them see if their, if the headache goes away, whatever it is. And then, and then we can go. If it doesn't go, we just take bring them home. Yet they can actually put, force upon them ideology that, A, I believe is des- – look, I'm not saying that there's no such thing as people wanting to be trans. Um, and, you know, I think that that should be left for an adult yes. person mm-hmm. yeah. to make that decision on their yeah. own. So um, I don't think it should be for a parent to have to decide for a child. I don't think um, I don't think children, even to the age of eighteen, it's even at eighteen. I remember what I was like at eighteen, and there was I wasn't mature enough. I didn't, well, I didn't really. I don't even think I fully matured until I was about forty. So I think um, I think there's a lot of life lessons to be learnt. Yeah. Um, you know, um, but I, I think that some of it's actually designed to break the family apart. If you have. Um, mm. And it has, and I mean, you, from what you're saying, your story is explaining what I actually believe happens. Because if you have a child that goes to school as a as a, as a girl, your daughter goes to school, might like a daughter goes to school, and then is plays the boy role, and then has to come home and then play the girl role. Then what happens is um, eventually that's going to break or wear the child's mental. Ab- stability mm. down anyway yep. because they're basically splitting their personality mm. then what happens is um then you would be it would cause pressure on the family because you know the child starts you know acting out starts breaking out starts yep. and then it starts putting stress on the family and as parents we should understand what our children's life is like even at school to a degree because i believe my kids should have a safe free space that's why i love school for them where mm. they can actually be themselves without having me watching over them but in, in but when it comes to mental health and stability and um, ideology, um, that's up to the family unit, not really yep. a school to kind of yep. decide. So I believe it does break through, um, break down families in the end, a long-term, apart from a child being prescribed testosterone or estrogen, um, being basically brainwashed by a teacher's ideology or a, um, a specialist's mm. ideology that you have no idea is even there even seen um, is not, it's not going to help the family unit at all. And it's certainly not going to help the child. So um, this, um, it really, really um, touches my heart. I really feel, so, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm sorry that you're going through this and I'm sorry that the families who are going through this, um, I know that like, it's a very touchy topic Um we're not saying that, you know, people shouldn't trans if they want to trans, but we are saying that we don't believe that. Well, I'm saying that I don't believe it should be left up to a child to do. I think it should be, there should be, it should, you should be an adult 
And I think you need to um, go through the proper psychiatric help to understand your body, understand why you feel the way you feel and try to get to the topic first before taking the tablet because it's not an asthma puffer where you take it, you take a puff and you can breathe again. It's, um, it's, it's body altering and mind altering. So, um, look, I'm, it's, I think a few of us have been left speechless, except me because I'm the talker. Well, I, um, I just I just want to jump in there because I, I had, yeah, no, I had a conversation with someone in my inner circle here in Moringa today, just this morning, and she revealed to me that she's uh, she's lesbian, and um, what had happened was I came across last night uh, a post from the young the uh, young uh, Greens that they're going to hold a uh, transgender bingo. Um, event and it's for all ages and obviously i looked at that and thought that was that was wrong for a political uh organization to stage an event like that so i posted it in this uh, uh, we have a discussion group here in the northern beaches i posted it in our group chat and she contacted me and we spoke on the phone this morning and she said uh can you please um you know show more tolerance in this in this issue because there's people that are legitimately uh, you know, they're gay or they're transgender and, uh, you know, they have their own circumstances that they've been through in their lives. But I said to her, look, I have this guest on the podcast tonight and, uh, you know, she she had an un underage uh, child that was prescribed hormones. Uh, you know, uh, you know, how do you feel about that? And she's, you know, don't you think it's a parent's right to, you know, uh, look after what their child is being prescribed, uh, you know, it's when it comes to hormones and things like that. And she told me uh, about her story. Uh, she said her father abused her as a child and, uh, her, her, you know, her mother and her father didn't agree with her being, you know, didn't agree with her sexual choice. So she made the point that in that circumstance, it, you know, being coming from a, a parents that were abusive to her, it, you know, it should be, it should have been her choice. So um, we do really need to take that into account that every situation is uh, an individual situation. But my main concern is when it does come to the testosterone being prescribed, being prescribed, because I come from a bodybuilding background and testosterone is banned. So if it's, if it's banned for men to take testosterone why is it acceptable for girls young girls some some of them may be underage why is that okay for them to be prescribed testosterone when it is illegal for a grown man to to take testosterone so and i think the thing that you really have to recognize is this has become a fad and, and I know that might be a tough word or a social contagion or whatever you want to call it, but this, there hasn't, why aren't we looking at why has there been over a 4,000% increase in young girls, and there's also a lot of young men being harmed too, but why aren't we looking? Well, if there was any other medical condition that had a 4,000% increase in people presenting with that condition. Wouldn't doctors be saying, oh, my God, what is behind this? What is going on? Why do we have so many more people suddenly with diabetes or with this condition or that condition? The huge increase in people suddenly saying, 
they're trans, they need hormones. That is the crux of this matter. And why aren't we having the same increase in people in their 30s, their 40s, their 50s, all asking for the hormones, all, you know, all oh, the society suddenly more accepting. So we're more accepting of trans people. So where's the huge increase in people in all other age groups wanting these hormones and surgeries? It's not there. It's a very vulnerable population of young people who are extremely impressionable and who are the people who do fall for fads. And so that is something to me that is so crucial that is being overlooked by the medical profession. Why are these gender clinics for children and adolescents? Where is this huge increase in adult transgendering? The question I'd like to ask is why are we, fa apparently we're failing to acknowledge the small percentage of people who identify as trans if we don't accept that our children from the ages of, you know, four and up are, you know, exposed to it? Why, why can't we allow for adults, you know, to, to, to do what they need to do for themselves but keep our children out of it? Yep. I refer to a comment you made earlier, Jude, about, certain parts of, um, you know, the transgender uh, being removed from the school curriculum. Unfortunately, that's not the case. When I was a candidate uh, for One Nation, I had somebody come to me, a teacher, who was head of curriculum for her school, um, where a new uh, section of the curriculum had been added and it was her job to review it. Uh, it was uh, under the guise of um, child protection where children grade four were being taught about oral sex. Now, if she hadn't been there to intercept that, that would have gone to the classroom. Thankfully, a lot of the teachers came forward and, and brought it to her attention to say, we're not comfortable teaching this. But yep. it's more than just, it's, 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 it's apparent it's more than just transgender. There's so many branches coming off of this yep. thing where yep. it's sexualizing our children. Yep. Um, I mean, there's a local bookstore near me um, during Pride Week we had books that were for children as young as three years old talking about, you know, being transgender or, you know, identifying this, identifying that. Yep. I don't see why that is necessary in order to accept a small percentage of adults in the gay community or in the trans community. I don't understand how we've got to the point of exposing our children um, to this sort of thing when they're too mm -hmm. young. You can't smoke a cigarette legally until you're 18. You can't go to a bar. You can't drink alcohol until you're 18. Why is it okay for you to decide your gender much younger than that? Mm, that that's yeah. the question I'd like someone to answer for me. Yep. Not necessarily you, Jude, but somebody, you know, in that industry at least. I, I totally get it. It's like the whole ridiculous thing of suddenly having drag queens in libraries reading to children. Why are we, why, why, why are we having male sexualized highly sexualized you know facsimiles of females i mean what a horrible what a horrible impression of a female this totally you, you know overtly sexualized mimic of womanhood suddenly being read in libraries by men to children
And we've Ooh. opened up this can of worms where us as women, we give, we carry a child and we give birth to a child. We don't get that privilege now to be called a mother because it's offensive mm. and we're not able to, you know, identify as breastfeeding, which is an absolute privilege, privilege and an honour as a mother to be able to do. That's yep. now taken away from us mm. in order to cater to a small minority. So as I said, it's like an octopus. There's eight arms mm. and there's more growing by the day. It's It's clearly not just about... Um, who's gay and who isn't or who's trans and who isn't. There's many layers to it. There is. I mean, I've been down this rabbit hole for nearly four years now and the stuff I've learnt in four years curls my toes, makes my blood boil. Like everything what you've just mentioned about, yeah, the whole the whole erasing of womanhood and taking over, you know, if women can't just define themselves, how can they stand up for themselves? We suddenly don't exist. We're just a fantasy in a man's head and, you know, women don't exist anymore. I mean, it goes on and on. It's, it's aside from the harm happening to young people, there's a lot of, lot of terrible aspects to this that I've learned over the last four years that, yeah, make me totally sick. So because you've lived it, Jude, moving forward, what would you like to see implemented to, you know, in the future so that this doesn't happen again to other, other young people or those that have suffered like your daughter? How can we support them? What would you like to see, you know, from the medical field and the political field? What would you like to see be implemented to, to help those who have already been, you know, injured or hurt or how can be prevented in the future? I think we need to follow this, the... Um example of the United Kingdom as a result of the CAS review, the CAS review shut down Tavistock. Um, we need to shut down all gender clinics and like Sweden, like Finland, no hormones, no puberty blockers, no surgeries for anyone. I I mean, they're saying under 18 and um, I think it should be under 25 because the prefrontal cortex of the brain, the decision-making centre of the brain, doesn't fully de develop till age 25. We all know how silly. What? Why do, why do car insurance companies put, make your insurance higher up till age 25? They know jolly well of, of how silly people are up to age 25 and that they don't make good decisions. And these are decisions that are irreversible, that affect being able to have a child, to being able to be a, a functioning adult in in a sexual way is it, something that, you know, you might not even, how are you going to even comprehend that under under that age? So I, I think we should need to shut our gender clinics. We need to, there needs to be compensation for the young people who are harmed. There, there definitely needs to be that. And how did we ever, ever get to this place where we're, indoctrinating and teaching extremely young children concepts that they are we need to get kids back to kiddie play kid fun look at the mental health of our teenagers why is the mental health of our teenagers so poor because they've been introduced to concepts that they can't possibly understand and you know, there's a lot involved in this but most definitely we need to get those gender clinics shut because we need to stop this irreversible harm to young people. Jude, um, yep. sorry. No, you're can right, I, mate. Can I just take you back to something that you said uh, quite early in this uh, podcast where you mentioned that your daughter was uh, almost reciting a script that she uh, got off the internet. Did you ever find where that script came from or 
Oh, transgender, it's everywhere. Once you start going down that rabbit hole of looking up stuff and there's YouTube videos, there's TikTok videos, there's people telling them what to say, how to say it, what you know what to do to get the hormones to say you're suicidal to to hold people over a barrel and once you start talking to other parents who are going through what we went through that's when you realize this story is repeated over and over and over and over again and and, and just to be clear these these websites are kind of instructing the the kids to use these tactics against their own parents? Yep, yep. Call the police. Call the police on your parents. We had wow. that happen to us. We, And I know many other parents who've had the police called on them. The police came to our house. Um, yep, we, 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 the police were ringing me constantly, telling me that I had done all these terrible things to my daughter that were all made up. Um, they didn't even come and ask us. Not once did the police ask us for our side of the story. Uh, we, you know, hell, we've been to hell and back. But I know many other parents who, other parents in Australia who've had the police called on them by their kids and um, and put through what we went through. Um, yeah, yeah, the, the, the trans handbook is pretty damn terrifying what they are teaching kids to do. And it is, it's a, the destruction of the family unit. Well, Jude, I um, I did a bit of research as well. I did a bit of research this week, you know, for for this topic, and um, I was on the computer for probably only about an hour, and I had more information given to like available to me than, funnily enough, I had more information given to me readily off the internet for transgender than I did for what how Australian Parliament House works. So. Um, you know, some things you can just readily access on the computer and then some things you probably yep. can't. Actually, I should probably do a search for um, um, Jesus Christ and, um, you know, and, and Christianity because I'd like to see how much information of that's actually blocked. You won't find anything, no. They're probably no. not. But um, I, I did come across a peer-reviewed paper and I'm sure you, you touched on something before and it, and that's on a, on a, the peer-reviewed paper um, is called The Gender Affirmation Treatment Model for youth with gender dysphoria, a medical advance or a dangerous medicine. Now, this report, um, it's fairly long and it's peer reviewed. Um, and um, it was, um, it raises some pretty good issues. Um, I've, give, I've sent it to Stephen and he'll probably post up the link um, for everyone to have a read, but it's a bit of a read, but um, it talks about a lot of the things that they're saying. So there's um, it talks about how in early early medicine, um, I haven't got the dates with me right now, but the early medicine where they used to give people who acted um, a bit crazy, like frontal lobotomies. And that, so basically your, your wife arguments, your wife was acting up and acting out a little bit. You could take it to the psychiatrist and he would go, she needs a frontal lobotomy. And then they would just and knock the frontal lobe out. And then what happens is, and then that, that would then, that was then meant to be the cure for the condition. They also talked about um, giving malaria to, um, that. That's, that's it there in the links, that, the first highlighted one, I believe. Um, and then what happens is, then they, would, then they were talking about introducing malaria 
for people who had um, a certain syphilis. So people who were, you know, um, mischievous or whatever the word you want to use. Um, and then what happens is, and then they would get syphilis. Instead of having, we didn't have antibiotics introduced then. So one doctor, um, he walked the gauntlet of introducing malaria. So he's cooking people to try and burn the infection out of them. Um, and then they, people look back on it now and go, wow, that was like really bad mistreatment, this, that, and the other. So the top, so what happens is this report actually goes through and talks about how what's going to happen in 30 years' time when we look back at this um, gender dysmorphia, um, um, uh, gender, sorry, dysphoria, and then what happens is, and what we've offered is basically for girls, they can go on testosterone, they can get their breasts cut off, um, and then and then they can and that's and that's the cure. That's going to fix it. When they haven't actually introduced or haven't even looked at the serious issue behind it, Kira Bell, um, she had a she quote, quote they didn't explore any of my background mental health. It seemed they just wanted to appease me using my chosen male name Quincy and affirming me as a boy. Unquote. So they didn't go into any of her mental history. No. They didn't do anything for her to help her. There was no talking therapy. It's like, here's your tablets, here's the breast surgery, and that's going to make you better. Um, so, you know, and and I've, look, I'm just going through the paperwork. I mean, there was so much, there was so much information there about, um, you know, there was another story in here. I'm not going to go too much into it, but um, the woman, um, the, well, not the woman, the person was um, actually quite, um, I don't know, sexually active you know what i mean so what they did is they actually removed organs that make that kind of thing pleasurable so that what happens is it would so she wouldn't want to do it in the future she had to go through two of those surgeries right because the first one didn't wasn't quite effective she was still quite you know um so what happens is there um that that's why this was such an important piece i, I really found a bit of comfort in it to, to see that there are people out there talking about it and it, it, is it a medical advance or is it dangerous medicine? And personally, I'm feeling like, especially in children, it's dangerous medicine. You know, and and and, and even with um, what Jenner, Chris, not Chris Jenner. What's the other guy? What was his name? Bruce? Is it Bruce Jenner? Bruce. Bruce, who became Caitlin. Yeah, that's the one, right? So, like, even even that shocked me because that was so that was that that instance. Where, and look, he look, he was a grown adult. And he rightfully can make his own decisions. He's got the money and can have it, right? But now I'm kind of looking at it and was he paid to do it? You was he paid that. to make such a big scene of it? Did or he did actually he, do it? He needed the attention because all the attention was going to the women in the family. So that's, so, you know, so that was, you know, what was the motive behind that? Because Keeping Up With The Kardashians was a very popular, very mainstream show. And we, look, I, I'll be, I'm guilty. I, I had a look at. It. I used to laugh at it a little bit, and you know why not to see how the other half live. I mean, you know we all we all aspire to it in some way or another to live like the way they live, and um, and um, when he came back as he was a he, and then she he came back as a she, a, a you know professional sportsman. Fair enough, as I said, adult made his own decision and did it. But then you wonder why it was so publicized and the way it was all done. And, and now you kind of, when you go in the rabbit hole, it makes you feel like, you know, was there another motive behind that? Or was he really that? Or, you know, could he have spoken about it, you know, or, or did he get the right help? And There's how is a lot he of money behind it. There's a lot of money. There's a, some very, very rich people who've pushed this around the world. 
Yeah. It's very interesting. Go and read um, go and read the eleventh hour blog by Jennifer Bielik, B I E L, but the eleventh hour blog, and she has done some incredible research into the money behind this push to push transgenderism around the world, and it's actually pretty scary. This hasn't happened. This hasn't come from a downtrodden minority of people. This has been a top-down push around the world by some billionaires, several of who are men who are, are claiming they're women. So, yeah, and those, they're men who got married, had families, and then quite later in life decided they were going to become women. And, yeah, Jennifer Price, oh, there's a Martine Rothblatt, Jennifer Price, there's several of them. But go and read, go and read the 11th hour blog by Jennifer Bielek and that will just blow your mind when you follow the money trail of where money from the Arcus Foundation has funded this push of transgenderism around the world and pushed it through universities, um, funding organisations all over the world. It, it hasn't happened by chance. Well, Jude, you mentioned universities and we've said it a few times now because, and I know I can see, Rebecca, you take, come on, Rebecca, you do it. You say it. You go, you go, you say it. Oh, just that we had a conference we attended a couple of weeks ago and I was just blown away. It was in the University of Technology, Sydney, so one of the biggest, you know, establishments for our youth. Mm -hmm. And you, we walked into the entrance and I was just blown away. You had the Aboriginal flag, the Torres Strait Islander flag, you had the rainbow pride flag, and then you had a pink and blue and white flag, which I'd never seen before. So a quick Google search showed me that it's the trans, trans yeah. pride flag. So they were the centrepiece at the entrance of the university. So there was no Australian flag, um, but the fact that they were so highly promoting this trans pride gay pride in the university as well as having gender neutral bathrooms just yeah. something that was very confronting for me because obviously you know it's happening but when you're in an establishment like that and it's right there in your face especially for people that are young and confused already and full of hormones like at that age we we don't know what's going on um yeah it really just blew my mind mm, yeah no it's it's sad but i i Guess I believe that what will stop this hope, you know, will be a tsunami of lawsuits because the people, you know, if you're in the groups I'm in, you'll start, I, I've heard of so many stories of regret and there's more and more young people and some of them not so young. I mean, I don't know if you ever saw Matt Walsh's um, show, What is a Woman?, um, have a look at that one. So he's uh, he's from the US, and while he is very religious, and but the show is all about this whole you know trans thing. What is a woman? And that's a very interesting show. But there's a, a fellow on that. Well, a, a fellow who started life as a woman, Kelly, who became Scott Scott Nugent, and Scott speaks on this documentary that Matt Walsh made and Scott is speaking up uh, trying to stop the harm happening to young people because of the terrible experience that she slash he had being pressured to transition and 
um, go through a phalloplasty surgery and she nearly died, she, he nearly died and, and just the whole wild, wild west of transgender medicine where the surgeons are doing these surgeries that apparently the phalloplasty has some enormous failure rate and is so harmful. So many of them end up with bags and their, you know, urinary systems don't work properly anymore and they take massive bits of skin off their arm or their thigh to form what they're pretending is a penis and and a shocking Scott's story. I mean, when you hear that story, you just want to cry. And But more and more adults and people who have been harmed like that are speaking out and are saying that this is just butchery and this is harming people and we should not be doing this to people. Yeah, and, well, and they're, ad they're adults saying that. They're, they're not children. These are adults who can see how harmful this has been to them. Well, you're right, Jude. Like, we rely on doctors and psychiatrists and psychologists to protect us mm. and to, to heal us, um, you know. And what happens is when we're vulnerable and we're going through issues, so I could it, – it would be almost like – me as an adult male right now, if I went to the doctor and said, you know what, I'm a woman, he'd go, yeah, no worries. Here's your, here's your, here's your, here's your estrogen tablets. We'll book you in to see a, um, a plastic surgery. We'll get some boobs put on you. And then what happens is, and then that'll make your life better. Yep. You know, so what I'm starting to realize and learn, especially from your story, from what I heard about um, Kira Bell, um, with that's the Tavistock um, young person, um in the uk is that it makes you wonder are the kids actually choosing it or are they like being indoctrinated, indoctrinated. are they choosing to trans is it an is it internally from them and they think it's best for them or is it being pushed upon them and then they've normalized it to make them feel that this is what i should do are they being pressured into doing it? Um, that's you know these questions are raised. Um, you know, I it it's, it blows my mind. I've got three young girls in my family, and uh, you know I've got a fifteen year old, I've got an eleven year old, and I've got a two year old. And um, you know, without going into too much detail, the fifteen year old, like when she was a couple a year ago or two, you know, like they ask you questions, and they say, you know, oh, you know. I wonder if, you know, and and we just, and as a family, we talk about it, look, and we say, you know, if you think that you might like another girl, that's that's okay. Yeah, but yeah. Don't, don't make it hard and fast decision on it. Just, just relax, just see where it goes, and then let's see what yeah. happens in the future. Uh, three months later, comes home, guess what, Dad, I've got a boyfriend, and the kid, you know, kids, we've, Kids' boyfriends at schools a little bit at, at that age is a little not a boyfriend boyfriend you know they how they are, but um you know they hold hands or maybe sneak a, a little peck on a cheek or something like that and that's really about it all it is, at, at you know well that's what I hope it all is but um what I'm saying is like you know so it is true that at this age group uh, I mean like I remember I remember being a teenager as well many many moons ago like it's you're just in this wild ball of 
hormones and emotions, you know, you you you'd just as quickly throw your auto bin across the street as you would go and give your mum a hug and a kiss and say I love you. So I don't understand, you know, that how the how the how the doctors, how the medical association, how no, psychologists, no. how any of these people who are meant to be qualified, meant to be protecting us, meant to help us and guide us and make us better, can just turn around and go, here's a tablet, here's a surgery, let's go. You know, I mean, why not? If you, here's just an idea because I like to come up with a solution here and there every now and then. Not that I'm not saying to use it, but it's a solution. You know, why not say okay? If you go to if you if you're if you're 15 or 14 or 13 year old goes, boy or girl says I want to be opposite gender. No worries. What we'll do is how about you try to live that life for a week and see how you feel. Actually, don't do anything, mate. No, no surgeries. No, not, nothing like hormones and stuff like that. But try to act like you know. I don't know. Like it, live with it and see what it's but like. Even that, even that. All you can reference is stereotypes because mm. what makes a woman a, a female a female and what makes a male a male is yeah. their chromosomes. That is what you're born with, your chromosomes. So you start saying live like a male, live like a female, you're only referencing stereotypes. Yeah. You really are. And so why our biology is not defined by stereotypes and we shouldn't be teaching children that stereotypes are what we need to, we don't need to be in boxes, be whatever sort of female you want to be, be whatever sort of boy or girl you want to be if the boy wants to pick the fairy dress out of the costume box who cares like yep. we don't we don't care and it's a good friend of mine her nephew who's in his 40s apparently when he was a little boy he used to say to his mother mum I'm a girl I'm really a girl and he wanted to wear the fairy dress and he wanted to sew at the sewing machine and for years he used to say people were mean they wouldn't call him a girl and his mother just quietly reassured him and said, no, you're a boy, it's okay, you are a boy, but you can wear the fairy dress, you can play with the Barbies, you can do whatever you like. It doesn't matter. And he grew up to be a gay man. And this is what the harm is that is happening is so many of these gender non-conforming young people now, if we had le if we left them alone, they would just grow up to be gay. But now that trans and and the world has had psychic epidemics in the past. We have had bizarre, if you read back in the history of really bizarre incidents where people believed something or thought something or went along with something, um, there were dancing phases, there were laughing phases, there were these crazy things that went through society that people went all along with and believed in. And one of the most interesting books I read was Douglas Murray, The Madness of Crowds, and how people just go along with something because they don't use critical thinking and they don't stop and think, whoa, what is this all about? We're giving puberty blockers to kids? We're puberty the most important developmental phase of the human body well, the human body isn't a remote control it's not a video recorder we can't press stop and go we can't stop puberty that's madness to think that we can control puberty that we should stop it and say you you've got a wrong puberty the, our bodies are what we are and and this madness that has taken over 
the medical profession and society to think that we can do this to bodies. I I believe it's very, very wrong. And I read a very, very interesting book when I first fell into this. It's called Don't Get on the Plane, Why Sex Change Surgery Will Spoil Your Life, Will Destroy Your Life. And it's written by an American man who became a woman, Renee Jacks. And I believe Renee has now, much later in life, gone back to being a man. But it was the whole story of, of Renee Jacks's life. And, and he, who became she, had sex change surgery back in the 80s or something. But it, the history of the doctors who started all this, who started this whole transgender medicine, um, Harry Benjamin, um, there were others, they were just complete chunks. They started an experiment because they thought they were the Messiah. They thought they were gods. And they've started the experiment that is sort of transgender medicine went full steam ahead and then because of lawsuits really came to a screeching halt. But then there's now been this renewed push of it around the world. And it's very, very interesting to read the whole history of, of transgender medicine and to see what has happened with it. And and it's really quite frightening. Dude, so you know what? So much wisdom with what you said, you know, and I can, you know, that's, you're right. I mean, that that was another point, you know, that it is to fit in the stereotype. You, you, it's actually opposite of what they want to do. Because mm -hmm. if you are a gay man and turn into a woman to and basically have sex with men, then you're just changing your body to fit the stereotype yep, yep. of society, which is yep. women have sex with men yep. and vice versa. I don't know what so, you uh, mean. So that's, um, yeah, so what, that, was a, that was a very key point that you made there. It's, it's mm. kind of the opposite. It's to fit in this social stereotype. It's very binary. It's, it's, it's not letting people just be. Yeah. So we're coming to the end of the, uh, to the end of the show now. Thank you very much, Jude, for, to, for telling your story. Is there anything else you want to add before we go? Probably not. Just, <laughs> I wish I'd never, ever, ever, ever had to know any of the stuff I've had to learn because it's been pretty awful. And, Thank you um, for speaking out, Jude, and for your bravery. Uh, there's so many other people out there, I'm sure, that uh, are going to feel inspired by this or by you and be able to come forward and connect with you and, and start helping their children. So thank you. If there's anyone watching this that wants to reach out to us and tell us their story, just email us below, info, uh, info.xcandidates at gmail.com. And, uh, you know, just give us your feedback. And, uh, you know, if you want to come on the show and tell us your story, uh, we'd be happy to have you on. So, again, thank you, Jude. And, uh, if you know, also, you know, keep us up to date with the health of your daughter as well. Mm. Um, we'd you. like to, you know, know what how she is with everything that's Thank happened, you. and and your, and your son as well. So, hopefully, we can stay in touch. And uh, we wish for everyone, you all the best. Yeah, we wish thank you all the you. best. And uh, thank you very much for tonight. Thanks. Good night. Take care. Bye bye. See you, everyone.